Howdy, everybody. This is David Sanchez, and this is episode 28 of the Riffs or Die podcast for February 18th, 2021. We got a new sponsor for the show. This episode is brought to you by Oxygen. You know it. You love it. You need it. Oxygen. Suck it. The other day I was walking down the street and this dude that kind of looked like a hippie Santa Claus was walking by me and he made eye contact and he said, awesome beardation. I had to tell him likewise right back at you. Awesome beardation. That's a new one. Thanks, hippie Santa Claus. Did y'all have fun watching the Super Bowl? That foosball game down in Tampa, Florida. Tom Brady, on paper, is probably the greatest professional athlete in the history of professional sports. That guy can't lose. I'm not way into sports, but I did watch that at a buddy's house. had a good time watching it. I made some chicken adobo, Filipino style and some rice, and this Filipino garnish called finadeni. Finadeni is soy sauce, lemon juice, and then you throw in some onions, tomatoes, and some sort of hot peppers. I did bird's eye peppers, which are the really skinny, small Thai chili peppers. And you let that marinate for at least an hour, but this one was marinating for like a night. And it was delicious. Everybody at the party seemed to enjoy it, so very happy about that. Anytime I cook, you know, you got to do all the dishes later anyways, so when I cook, I like to cook for more than one person. I got to do all the dishes anyway, and it's going to take a long time to make the dish. Might as well make too much so you can feed other people. Cooking for other people's fun. But there was quite a few... Crazy catches in that game. A lot of good plays and, uh, you know, it's the best players in the league at the moment that you're watching. So in that regard, it's kind of fun to watch as a sport. I can't get way into football just because a four-hour game is not something I could commit to (laughs) multiple times a week. I got plenty of other things to do. But I had a good time watching the Super Bowl. I'm sure everybody in Tampa, Florida is really happy about it. I'm sure a lot of Patriots fans are mixed on it. Probably happy that Tom Brady is still crushing, but bummed out that he's not on their team. And it tripped me out to see that there's thousands and thousands of people there. You know, there's, I think, 20,000 people there at the Super Bowl. And somehow, that is okay but we can't get a 1,000 people into a music venue to enjoy a concert. With all the COVID stuff, the lockdown rules and mandates and stuff, they're completely devoid of logic. There's no rhyme or reason to it. Some things are okay, other things are not, and there's no thread of logic that runs between all of these things. It's really crazy. Super Bowl is cool, but a rock and roll show is not cool. Go figure. 
And I don't know if you guys saw the halftime show. I'm guessing a lot of people that are listening to this did see it. But The weekend was the halftime show. And huge props to the people that get the equipment and all the gear and all the lighting and sound equipment on and off of the field that quickly. It's a ton of work. And uh, they've got a very small window of time to put it all together. So kudos to those people. The crews are killer. But the halftime show was really interesting. In the background behind the weekend, there was like choirs and orchestra players, and they all had glowing red eyes. They all looked like Terminator robots or like demons standing behind him in the choir. I thought that was really interesting. And also, a lot of his backup dancers and stuff like that, they were all wearing a mask, not just a normal COVID cloth mask or whatever that we're used to seeing all the time. But it was a mask that also covered up their forehead and the bridge of their nose. And basically, it was a mask where all you could see was the eyes. It made me really wonder, like, is that what we're supposed to be getting used to now? Is that the next thing that we're supposed to find in this new normal? Just cover your entire face, all facial expressions, be damned. I don't know. We're going to find out soon enough, but it was very weird, creepy, and uh, and almost like a Halloween type of thing. It didn't seem like happy, yay, Super Bowl time. It was really dark and ominous. But we see that stuff in popular culture all the time. So it's not anything terribly new. I know that at the moment in Texas, there's over 4 million people that are subject to rolling blackouts. There's almost about 4.5 million people, I think, right now that don't have electricity. And it's uh, below freezing out there. So if you're in Texas and listening to this, I'm really sorry, man. That's super brutal, and I hope it gets changed and fixed fast. It's just another one of those things that makes me really want to build an earth ship and live off the grid, have my own water supply, my own food supply, my own electricity. Just get out of the system because... uh This is just another example of how we should not and cannot really rely on the system to always be there. This whole system is standing on stilts, and it's all very, very fragile. We have this illusion that it's all very strong and sturdy and going to be around forever, but that's not necessarily the case. So Texas, I hope you get back on your feet again soon. And I hope that we don't see more of this in this country, but time will tell. And uh, like I said, it's all very fragile, but we don't like to think about it or pay much attention to that possibility. But if you want to get off the grid and get out of the rat wheel, Earthship may be the complete answer to that have your own water supply your own food supply your own electricity 
a long time ago, I talked about Earthships on one of the early podcast episodes, and uh, I'm still all about it. I've been all about it for many, many years. If you guys don't know what they are, definitely do some YouTube research. Earthships are these really cool homes that are made out of a lot of recycled materials, and they stay between 68 and 72 degrees year-round, regardless of the climate. You can grow your own food indoors year-round, regardless of the climate. And it reuses the water that you collect multiple times before it actually goes out of your house. They're super brilliant, super simple designs, but incredibly smart and tactical in the way they're built. They're built to withstand the elements. They're built to embrace and harness what nature gives you as opposed to fight it like most homes that we have today. That is definitely on my bucket list. It's one of my long-term goals. Get some land, build an earthship. At that point, once your earthship is built and paid off, your only monthly expenses are going to be your water filters. All you got to do is figure out how to come up with like 40 bucks a month. I could do that. That sounds pretty good to me. 40 bucks a month for water filters on top of, you know, food that you go and buy from the grocery store or fuel for your car or whatever. At the end of this episode, I'm going to play you guys an excerpt from an interview that I did the other day with Noise Dosage Media. Turn this episode into a little swap cast. And the interview is quite short because I guess there was a problem with the recording So I apologize that the interview is somewhat short-lived, but there's not really much we can do about it. Betrayed by technology, I guess. But I had a great time talking with him. And stick around to hear that. If you guys have any questions or comments for the show, as always, you can write in to podcast at riftsordie.com. And if you want to support this thing, Beyond just listening, you can go to riftsordie.com and pick up some merch, or you can subscribe and you'll gain access to bonus episodes, bonus content, and get some free merch and some other good perks. You got to go to patreon.com slash riftsordie. You can sign up for as little as $5 a month. Five bucks a month will get you all the back catalog bonus episodes and will include all of the future bonus episodes that are exclusive for Patreon subscribers. So if you love the podcast, you got to go to patreon.com slash riffs or die and sign up to get access to more content. For those of you who have already done it, thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it. Y'all are great. Before we get into that interview that I did with Noise Dosage Media, I'm going to dive into some of the questions for this week. And again, if you want to write in, just send them over to podcast at riffsordie.com. In the last week, we lost a couple of legends in the music world. Rupert Neve, the guy who started Neve, the company that makes preamps and mixing consoles, equalizers, compressors, etc., etc. He passed away. He was quite old. He was in his 90s, but... We all have a lot to thank that guy for, if you really love recordings. He was a total pioneer and a 
genius in the field. And we lost another person who was a pioneer and genius in the world of music, Mr. Chick Corea. Chick Corea was an insane pianist and keyboard player. Chick Corea's got a lot of solo music. He's got a lot of uh, stuff with his Chick Corea electric band and also Return to Forever. Dude was an absolute legend and inspired me in a lot of ways. I really love a lot of his music. So thank you, Rupert Neve, and thank you, Chick Corea. You guys made the world a much, much brighter place. Let's dive into some of these emails here. All right, number one, this one says, David, short and sweet words to live by. Okay, I love when you guys send this stuff in. I'm a big fan of philosophy, and I love hearing wise words or receiving some wisdom that I can share on this podcast. So keep sending in your wise words. This one says, quote, never trust a proctologist that can perform an exam with both hands on your shoulders. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, very wise words. He says lots to <laughs> He says lots to extrapolate and or interpolate from that notion. Hope you get that ono soon. Ono. It's a fish here. There's a fish shop that's always really packed. It has a huge line all the time called Ono's. I definitely need to check that place out. I've been told about it by about a half a dozen people. All highly recommended. So I got to get into that shop, Ono's, here in Hawaii. Never trust a proctologist that can perform an exam with both hands on your shoulders. Yeah, very fair and disturbing. Thanks for writing in, man. Here's another email that says, funny concert story. And I've been asking you guys to send these in, so please keep them coming. Any funny or crazy or weird concert stories, send them in to podcast at riffsordie.com and let's make everybody laugh a little bit while they're tuned in here. This one says, howdy. It took me a few weeks to dig up this photo, but this story wouldn't be the same without it. I'm the guy wearing the orange hat with the best Havoc shirt ever, in my opinion. Next to me is the guy the story is about, Mr. Hatin' It. (laughs) Alright, he named him Mr. Hatin' It. And next to him is Bald Guy, who appeared to be Mr. Hatin' It's buddy. The pic was snapped by my buddy that was one row down and across the aisle from me. Jim Brewer was not one-fourth of the way through his comedy set opening for Metallica in Spokane. Mr. Hatin' It was postured like this before I even made it to my seat. The best I could figure, he had started pre-functioning for the big show like a week early. He was absolutely out of this world. Gone. Fast forward to Metallica hitting the stage. Not a peep. This guy hasn't moved for hours at this point. Two songs in and the natives are restless. He turns my way and fucking blows chow all over my feet. Ah, The show was in December, so luckily I had my muck boots on. That's good. At this point, I was certain bald guy would do the right thing and get Mr. Hatin' it to the infirmary or something. But no way, Jose. 
bald guy just keeps on pumping his fist. I'm a live and let live kind of guy. I wasn't about to let Mr. Hatenit's poor decision making ruin an epic show. Good on you for that. After booting on my boots, it seemed like our antagonist had settled into his groove. He appeared completely content with his face buried in his hands. That's when the diarrhea started. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I've spent time at dairy farms and have never smelled anything so repugnant. It was like a fucking glowing white harpoon to my sinuses. Ugh. Once I realized what had happened, I was trying to calculate how to deal with the situation as Bald Guy was still doing his thing. Before I could drum up a solid game plan, lightning must have struck. Mr. Hatenit looked over at me, apparently in a moment of clarity, with complete mortification on his face. Like a shot, he bolted on all fours. He looked like Gollum chasing after his precious as he clambered up the stairs. About a minute later, Hazmat shows up and sanitation commenced. Hazmat explained the sitch to Bald Guy and he begrudgingly left to retrieve Mr. Hatenit. Being from Montana, we don't get a ton of shows, but for us, the travel is part of the fun. Mr. Hatenit, I'm sure, paid heavy the next day. His misfortune gave me a story of a lifetime. Take care, man. Hope it's sunny out. <laughs> wow. Jesus Christ. Man, going to a Metallica show and then a dude barfs on your feet. You're like, oh, it's not so bad. I, I brought my good boots. And then he shits himself. <laughs> oh, my God. That's epic. Epic brutality. That's so raunchy. Wow. And he included a photo here. I'll, I'll post this up on the Riffs or Die Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. You guys will be able to see uh, the photo here that goes along with this story. But holy hell. That is a doozy. You guys keep sending me in the concert stories. Funny, weird. Terrible. <laughs> that one's kind of a, a combination of all three of those things. But send them in. I want to read those. I want to read your wisdom, and I want to read your funny concert stories. Shoot those in to podcast at riftsordie.com. Let's dive into one more question here, and then we will play that interview with Noise Dosage Media. This one says, Book Suggestions. It reads, Hey David, start by saying I'm a huge fan of Havoc and what you guys do for us free thinkers. Well, thanks. I was wondering if you had any book suggestions. Anything's on the table. Again, thank you. Keep up the great work on your podcast, and you guys keep rolling out the ear-shredding tunes. Well book suggestions there are so many good books out there but uh some of my favorites that i can rattle off off the top of my head would be nikola tesla's book my inventions and other writings he talks about his inventions and opinions on the world and kind of is his autobiography that one's really great there's also this book called spontaneous evolution that i really love nick Shingelis, the old bass player in Havoc, he turned me on to this book, and it's about epigenetics and how your mind is so powerful that it can essentially 
reprogram your DNA, that you're not completely subject to your genes. So the idea of epigenetics is very, very fascinating and super interesting. And that book is a great read. I learned a lot of stuff in it. And there's a couple spots where it was a little eye-rolly. And I was, you know, kind of like, all right, I don't know about that. But the other 99% of the book was incredible. Super great read. Spontaneous Evolution by Dr. Bruce Lipton and... I can't remember the other guy's name, but Bruce Lipton, Spontaneous Evolution, is a really good read. Also, The Conquest of Happiness by Bertrand Russell. It's a philosophical book and relates pretty closely to a lot of Stoic philosophy. The Conquest of Happiness. That can help a lot of people if you're feeling a little blue or confused or worried. Maybe open that book up. It's real short and has a lot of really good material in it. Meditations by Marcus Aurelius is another great one. Old Stoic classic. I really love Carl Sagan's writing, especially his book, The Demon Haunted World, Science as a Candle in the Dark. That's a a really good one for people who are into skepticism and critical thinking. It's a big defense of the scientific method and, uh, you know, tries to explain how we know some of the things that we know and where our shortcomings are when we're quick to believe things without evidence. And my favorite book that I've read more recently is something that if you've listened to this podcast a number of times before, you've probably heard me talk about this book, but Food of the Gods by Terrence McKenna. In that book, he talks about human evolution talks about the history of drugs in ancient cultures and uh, all the way up till modern times and really breaks down uh, why we evolved to be the way that we are and dives deep into a lot of ancient cultures and shamanic rituals and things where substances that are found in nature that are illegal today have been used for thousands of years by civilization and uh, different human societies all around the world. That's another incredibly fascinating read that I cannot recommend highly enough. I will put all of these books in the description for this podcast. So if you want to get your hands on any of them, I will have them in the description. There will be Amazon links. You just click on that link and buy it. Make it easy for you. Make it easy for me. And uh, if you use any of those links in the description, I'll get a tiny little kickback. So if you're going to get any of those books, please use the links in the description. I would appreciate that a whole lot. Thanks in advance. That's just a handful that I can think of off the top of my head. But uh, there's plenty of them out there. There's a lot of authors who I really enjoy. Lastly, I guess one more author that I really enjoy the writing of is Sam Harris. He's got a few books um, that I really like. He's got Waking Up, The End of Faith, and Letter to a Christian Nation. Letter to a Christian Nation is a really good introduction to Sam Harris, especially if you're an American. The book is like 80 pages long, and it's like a pocket-sized book. It's very small. Very short read. You could kill the whole thing in a day. And it kind of gets across his 
anti-theist ideas. It is a very condensed version of a lot of the stuff that he talks about in the book, The End of Faith. And it's things that I think a lot of Americans really need to uh, hear. So that's another one to maybe check out. Again, these are all going to be in the description. So just click the links and buy away. I hope you enjoy those books. Thanks for writing in. That's a good question. Well, I reckon I babbled to myself enough for this episode. I'm going to dive into this interview here. And again, it ends kind of abruptly because there was a problem with the recordings. So I would like to talk to this guy again one of these days in the future. But I hope you enjoy this little snippet from the talk that I had with him. Again, thanks for listening. And if you guys want to support, go to riftsordie.com and pick up some merch or go to patreon.com slash riftsordie and subscribe. I'll be getting another bonus episode exclusive for Patreon subscribers finished this week. And I'll get that up there for all of you guys to enjoy. Thanks a lot for tuning in, everybody. I hope you all have a great weekend and I will talk to you all next week. Enjoy this little interview clip. Bye-bye, everyone. Yo, this is John from Noise Dosage Media, and this episode is brought to you by Begrudgingly Benny. Interested in putting something horrific and grotesque on your next piece of merch? Benny is tucked away in the fiery depths of COVID quarantine, blasting the filthiest of old school death metal and drawing hideous creatures that he is waiting for you to adopt. Go over to Instagram and follow at Benny and contact him if you would like some really weird original art for your band or label. Super professional, highly recommended. All right, David, so I got some questions for you. Um, Hopefully I'm ready. Oh, you're ready, man. You got this. So, <laughs> the Rifts or Die podcast, was this like an easy transition? You know, you being a frontman in Havoc versus, you know, <clears throat> basically basically a radio show, you know? Um, easy transition? Uh, not really. I mean, it was a lot of work to get it off of the ground. And then uh, even still, it's it's definitely a lot of work. Um, coming up with mm-hmm. topics to talk about or contacting other people to be guests. And uh, it, it's work, but it's fun work. I, I really enjoy doing it. And I guess the only way that it's similar to being a frontman of a band on stage is like in between songs every once in a while, I've got a m- moment to yeah, to yeah, just yeah. banter and shoot from the hip and every once in a while I say something funny on stage and <laughs> it's totally spontaneous and not planned and in, in that regard right. the podcast is a lot like that. Yeah, I mean for me it was I was very antisocial before this and now I'm like the opposite. And I feel like being a musician myself, I see like the similarities, but at the same time it's totally different. So I wanted to see how getting into it was for you. Because for me, it was like really tough, you know. Yeah, starting the podcast was definitely, um, I'm still learning how to do it better. And in the first couple episodes, especially the first episode, um, I noticed by the end of it, I was like out of breath because I wasn't like relaxed. (laughs) 
and just talking into the microphone. I was like vocalizing very loud and running out of breath and uh, putting like way too much air behind my words. And uh, right. that's something I don't have a problem with anymore, luckily. But like I said, I'm getting better, but I'm still learning and uh, trying to continue to get better at it. Yeah, and I've been I've been tempted to do like a podcast like you, like some episodes where it's just me talking, but I don't know like a script versus a, not a script if it'd be a pain in the ass, you know what I mean? Like I don't know if I could just shoot from the hip for a half an hour about a topic. Yeah, it's tricky. <laughs> it's a lot harder than it seems. Um yeah. when it's just yeah, yeah. an idea and it's not being put into practice, it seems like a very simple, easy thing to do, but and, once and you start you talking listen- to yourself for a while, you realize, oh shit, this is <laughs> a little harder than other people make it look. And then, yeah, I did like an intro. It was like a minute and a half of me talking. I was editing the hell. I'm like, oh, I could just imagine doing a full episode. <laughs> but, uh, all right. So, you know, here's the next one. You know, if you were chosen to be the next world leader, what would you try to change within the first week? <clears throat> a couple of things that come to mind immediately. I would make open alcohol containers in public legal. Because if you're walking down the sidewalk and you're not bothering anybody, but you're drinking a beer, you're really not harming anyone. That should not be illegal. Right. I, would, I would legalize all drugs. I would legalize prostitution. I would make... Uh, War by executive order, impossible. Yep. And I would try to implement something where once a month in between the hours of like 3 a.m. and 5 a.m., the whole city shuts off all the lights and people make an effort to close their blinds or turn off their lights in their business or whatever, turn off the signs and all that kind of stuff so that when you go camping, you get to see the Milky Way galaxy and you get to see all the stars and meteorites and satellites flying by, and it's super cool. When we're in the city, we have all this light pollution and we tend to forget where we live. So once a month, if I I had any political clout, I would uh, try to make it so once a month, the cities make an effort to shut off all the lights and for people that want to... um, enjoy the night sky unmolested by by light pollution they they can do that oh, and it would, that sa- it would save some money too exactly i mean i've always lived in like <clears throat> a country area so i've never had to deal with that but like i just went to new york city for the first time uh you know like a month ago yeah and i was i was just blown away on how many freaking lights just the people like it was just for me it was crazy yeah, I, and you can't see I, any stars out there too. Picture it, but yeah, I, I don't know if I. I've always said I want to move out of the country towns, but shit, <laughs> it has its perks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so um, here's a good one. So the first time I saw you guys was with Megadeth, right? Mm-hmm. Kick-ass show! Holy shit, man! Like I've never been blown away with a band so much where I was like. Dude, I don't know who this was, but uh, the headliner, I ain't even worried about him, you know? <laughs> um, so, off the topic of that, you know, when did you feel to a point when you were in the band where you're like, holy shit, like, this music thing, like, I could take it farther? 
you know? Well, the realization happened when I was like 15 and we started writing our own music and writing our own songs. It inspired me and lit a spark and made me want to do way more of it. And then every year since then, it new, new challenges arise. And uh, even though the band gets bigger and more successful, more well-known and this, that, and the other thing, there's still plenty of hurdles left that I would like to get over. So it, it's a constant uphill battle. And I'm not sure that I'll ever be completely satisfied with anything oh, we, that we do because none of us are. <laughs> yeah, the day the the, the day that happens, all, all the uh, you know fire is gone. And I hope that never happens. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the second you like feel that you've accomplished anything, you just become I don't know stale as a as a band. Yeah, and, and I can look back and honestly say we've done a lot of really cool shit, and I'm I'm very proud of a lot of the things that we've done. But mm-hmm. I'm not finished yet, and there's still plenty of stones that are left unturned. Right. Dude, Pete, he's freaking wild on Twitch, man. He's so good. Like, And he's always on there, dude. That That's the one thing I feel like your band really does is, like, you have a podcast and he has, you know, Twitch. You're always, like, active on social media, you know? Yeah, trying to put out some content for people to enjoy while this... Uh pandemic thing is still happening <clears throat> excuse me we were supposed to be on the road um all last year we were supposed to hit the road may 1st the day that our last record v came out and everything right. hit the fan in march and then all tours got canceled we were set up to have a very extensive touring year and to uh play all over the planet and probably make the best money we've ever made playing music and just everything evaporated instantly. And it's not just us, you know, it's the entire industry, the whole music industry. I I also work at venues and I do audio. And uh, so I really feel for the people that, you know, manage the venues, the bartenders, the security people, the audio people, lighting people, um, the promoters, the bookers, like there is the bus drivers, catering but people, the, the, all I of those industries I, are devastated right now. I think the one thing that pisses me off about the whole thing is like NFL is happening right now. You know what I mean? Like I don't understand that though. Yeah, you, know, you, like, you, you can have a Super Bowl with twenty thousand people, but you can't have a rock yeah. show with five hundred. Yeah, we can't. You know, the lo- we have a local venue an hour away. And they've been struggling. They've had like a Patreon and stuff. They raised like $15,000. But they're a really small business. And I'm like, you're telling me we can have the Super Bowl and have all this entertainment in the sports industry, but not music? Right. Like, first it's one thing of those did- things. It's one of those things. Like, Yeah, live entertainment in that form, live art, um, whether that be concerts or plays or musicals or whatever that kind of stuff is the first thing to disappear and it's going to be the last thing to come back unfortunately right 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 and the live streams i mean i've been seeing bands do live streams and stuff and they're they're good they're they're definitely kick ass but they're not the same man no not (laughs) even close not Not even the same yeah the number one reason people will never stop wanting to go to live concerts is because 
when you go into a music venue that has a big PA system, it shakes your entire skeleton. It's making your whole body vibrate in a special way that you can't replicate exactly. at home. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, you can't you can't replicate that at all. But uh so I've been shooting this one off and I saw on your Instagram that you post a lot of quotes and stuff. And I was like, I gotta ask this guy this fucking question. All right. And so is there a specific motto or quote that matches your personality? What would it be? Hmm. It, we can come back to that one. That, that, if you that's want. yeah. That's a that's a big question. Um, it, it, yeah. One that comes to mind. I mean, there's a a few that come to my mind, but one of my favorites is. By all means, let's be open-minded, but not so open-minded that our brains fall out. Yeah. Now, who is that by? I'm not sure who the quote is attributed to. I've read conflicting stories on that, so I can't say with certainty. Gotcha. That's a good quote. That's fucking awesome. Um, all right. So, you were talking on your podcast about... Well, I don't know. I don't know if this was you actually, but um, you know, with all these social media outlets, do you think, like in the modern age, that these bands have a, uh, you know, easier way or a harder way to uh, get their name out there? Well, the market is way more saturated than it was back in, you know, the heyday of record sales and stuff. So, in one regard, yes, it's harder to get your name out there and. Uh, you know, be noticed by people because there's just way more content. And mm-hmm. on the flip side of that, with the internet and because bands can be very accessible to people, you know, the other side of the coin is that you arguably can be way more successful nowadays right. than you could have been 30 years ago. So yeah. it, it really, yeah, the internet and uh, social media and how widespread it is is definitely like a double-edged sword there are huge pros and huge cons to it exactly yeah it's it's definitely i don't know you know i was talking to jeff becerra possessed about that and he's like he couldn't pick you know because it's it that's a really tough thing to decide now the accessibility for one thing is is I don't know, helpful, but at the same time, it, it'll it fuck you up. Yeah. So I think there's a, such a thing as being too accessible, <laughs> you know, because right. if, you, if you let it, social media could become a thing that you're on all day, every day, and it becomes the, the reason you wake up in the morning, you know. Right. It, 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 yeah. could, it could get out of control and start ruining or running your life if you let it. <laughs> 